Hi guys, you are joining with me, Lahiru and Mazid here. Yeah, and this is the very first edition of Read a Pod. Should we call it edition or episode? Oh yeah, make the episode. Yes. Episode. Okay, welcome to the first episode of Read a Pod. All right. So starting off, okay. So Mazid, what's been happening over the last week? Well, if you want to start off the biggest news, I'd say locally it would have been you know Hatch Point 4G. I mean, oh yeah. What took them so long though? Well, I mean, okay, so obviously, yeah, I, I agree that they might be a bit late to the party, but if you, I spoke with Thiru, Thiru Kumar, Mr. Thiru Kumar, who's the CEO of Hutch, yeah. and he had an interesting argument for, you know, why they launched it recently. So his statement was that essentially there was no 4G applications and 4G handsets, like, in the hands of the normal people. Now, if you take both of us I and mean, people like us, we live in Colombo. Yeah. We, of course, like, you know, it's, it's 4G is the norm for us. I mean, I can't, I don't know how to live without 4G, honestly. Can you? Mm, not really, no, no. But then again, if that's the argument, but uh, with all the other operators actually going for 4G early on, don't you think people would have already been, you know, been accustomed to 4G? Like how we are, basically. Exactly. So, I mean, when, he, when I tell him, when I spoke, shared that with him, his argument was that, sure, that's the thing in Colombo, but if you go into the rural areas, like outside Colombo, like 4G handsets are not as common. That's the thing. Like, so if you take it from a telco operator's perspective, I mean, launching something like 4G or 3G is a huge, like, we're talking huge techno investment, like financially. Yeah. And it's not like you can just do it overnight. It takes time as well. So for them, it's like a question of, you know, how many people have it that it makes it viable for us mm-hmm. to, you know, actually launch this service. So mm-hmm. it was like, for them, it was like, they didn't see that many people outside, you know, Colombo and the larger regions of Sri Lanka having 4G access. So there was no point. But now, of course, like, it's completely different. Like, you take a budget handphone, even that, it's guaranteed to have 4G. So yeah. it's like, look, nowadays everybody has a phone that supports 4G and it's like there are applications that take advantage of 4G, video streaming and all. I mean, it's common. So yeah. it's like, now is like the ideal time for them. It's like, now is the ideal time for them to, you know, throw all that money, investing it into 4G and then launching that service. Right. Speaking of phones, did you happen to catch the Huawei P20? Oh, shit. Dude, I was like... Like, that camera is amazing. I mean, three cameras is overkill. And, like, at first, I mean, you think it's just a fancy gimmick and everything, right? Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, you look at the rankings. Like, at first, it's like DxO Mark. Like, makes it the number one camera. And then I saw, like, a comparison that really blew me away. Was when they compared the P20 Pro with the Pixel 2. Now... Uh, who did... Who made the comparison? It was the Verge. All uh, right, 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 right. That's not... So, like, The Verge essentially, like, compared the two, like, the Huawei P20 Pro and the Pixel 2 XL. And it's, like, hands down, the P20 Pro just blew the Pixel 2 away, which is insane. Yeah, so it's it's almost like uh, Huawei's, you know, basically, the basic strategy is, you know, just go out all guns blazing, especially with the in what you call the camera department not just that I mean did you see the market like how they teased the launch also not really okay so that was hilarious to me so it's like in essentially a few weeks before the launch like Huawei was banned from 
say it's like they weren't banned per se, but rather a lot of US retailers had stopped, you know, selling Huawei right. phones. Yes, yes, I remember that. Yeah. So then they decided, you know what? Okay, fine. US is saying that we'll get to them, but let's focus strongly on our European markets. So in front of the Apple and Samsung stores, they essentially hired trucks and they just plastered, you know, the Huawei logo and like the teaser campaign for the P20 saying, you know, something big is coming from Huawei. They actually did that? They actually did that. Like, you just imagine that for a moment. Like, you're running a Samsung store and like, and then you see these trucks parked out advertising your computer. Like, you can't move them or anything without calling the cops or anything. Yeah, I mean, this they really seem to be taking the camera department pretty seriously. Yeah. Even in terms of, not just the high-end phones, even in terms of the the low end of their product line. Like you say, for example, the recently launched uh, Y9 and the Y7 Pro, uh, those are budget phones, but still they have pretty decent cameras. Like, like you had the, you had both their new phones, right? Yeah, the Y7, yeah, Y9. yeah. So how is it like, I mean? Uh, well, so far, well, you may remember uh, Huawei launching the Nova 2i a few months back, yeah, yeah. right? So when the Y9 first came out, a lot of people actually, you know, started making comparisons with the Nova 2i because uh, the Y9 actually does borrow a few things from the Nova 2i camera. Oh, okay. um, so that's what. So it's essentially, you know, a low a low end phone. You know, somebody looking in the bu- budget range. So for someone like that, actually the camera is pretty good. I mean, usually you don't get so many options like the Y9, for example, has all these options like um, the AR lens to, you know, the panorama, the filters, the whole nine yards. So you don't get that usually with the budget range. Uh, the Y7, of course, is pretty much the same, more or less the same. So it's a bit dialed down from the Y9, but then again, it's still a good camera for, you know, the budget range. So, yeah, whoever seems to, you know, be taking pretty... A serious stance in terms of camera. Yeah, I mean that three three cameras like and that's overkill, honestly. You think the, you think it'll keep on growing that you know you start with dual cameras and with three cameras. We already had three cameras. We already right? three. Yes. You think it'll keep on going? I. Where I'm, does I, where where will it stop? I, I don't know. Okay, like I I, I if I see ten cameras on the back of a phone, that's gonna be weird for me. Okay. I don't know. I don't think nobody will. Would have thought actually two lenses three, four years back, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, it works out. I mean, everybody nowadays wants, you know, a camera with a good phone. I mean, if you, especially if you think about the flagships, I mean, this, I mean, for most people, it's all about the camera. I mean, if you take performance-wise, I mean, most of the flagship phones, I mean, can handle it. I mean, sure, when you go towards the budget range, you do have to consider the performance a bit, but at the flagship level, you don't really care about the budget. I mean, and the batteries also going to you know suffice at least for a day so yeah i mean when it comes to the standout feature it's probably going to be the camera for most of them i mean whether it's huawei samsung apple or even google for that matter yeah and i've also uh, i've also seen some stories you know, people actually are starting to say that you know the dslr killer is finally here do you think that will ever happen Honestly, when last week Canon announced that there's a 120 megapixel sensor that's capable of crazy resolutions, I doubt it. I mean, to be honest, I mean, if you ask the professionals, I'd say they'd probably still stick to the DSLR. I mean, for the average user like you and me, pretty sure like a good camera phone is going to suffice. But for the pros, I mean, I'd still say the DSLR means. Yeah. 
I would agree on that as well. Um, Alright, so what else has been happening? Okay, we talked about Hatch, Huawei, uh, Dialogue recently. Oh yeah, the, they've all gone recently or heavy into IoT. Yeah, like, NB-IoT. Yeah, so NB-IoT to be precise. What's that about exactly? Okay, so NB-IoT is essentially, its full term is narrowband internet of things. Oh, okay. So the whole idea is you take small IoT devices we're talking very small devices that yeah. do a simple task mm-hmm. and like let's say measuring your electricity and then you know they share that data with the internet mm-hmm. so it's like let's say in your case you have a small sensor that's connected to your electricity meter and then you know it'll send that data to your phone along with that to, to the electricity board as well all right but so on the outside it does seem like the usual IoT, right? Yeah. So how does it differ exactly? Well, I would say the whole concept from what I understand, it's like when you take all these devices together, essentially you create something like a smart city. But not okay. just that, that's because like these devices, they're categorized. It's the whole idea is you produce small devices, easy mm-hmm. to manufacture, that are cheap, consume very little power, like you know, right. batteries okay. that can last years, and they have a very small data footprint. Right, okay. So like that's one. I mean that's pro- that was the main idea behind you know what dialogue encouraged everybody that participated in their NBIOT hackathon. Yes. Oh yes. 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 And they did launch a new IoT lab or something. They are right? planning to launch it. They are right, okay. it over there. So the whole right. idea is like they'll have it ready close towards Google I/O. So hopefully they'll have it ready by then. Alright, alright, okay. And on, on Mobitel also had uh, NBIOT hackathon yes. as well, I believe, right? Yeah, 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 I think so too, yes. They had a hackathon yeah. similar to what... Uh, so it's like Mobitel goes are going heavy into IoT, from what yeah. I'm seeing. Good sign, I guess. Yeah. Um, what else do we have? Well, I mean, from the international side, I think the biggest thing was Uber, you know. Oh, so, yeah. right, yes. Yeah, I mean, Grab, you know, selling... Uber selling its operations to Grab essentially in Southeast Asia. Yeah. Honestly, the first thing I thought when I heard the news was I was thinking, okay, uh, are all our Uber apps going to transform into Grab? Yes, actually, how how will that affect Sri Lanka? Well, not directly. I mean, to be honest, like Uber hasn't sold. I from what I understand, of course, we have to, our operations are closely related to the Indian ones. Mm-hmm. That's what we understood like a few months back when you recall the protest by a few Uber oh, yeah. drivers. Yes. Yeah. Yes, so yes. you remember how the Indian team actually responded to our queries, oh, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. So Uber hasn't sold off its Indian operations, but rather everywhere in Southeast Asia. So Singapore, Malaysia, Thailand, all those places, they sold off to Grab. And honestly, it's really interesting because in like Grab CEO once said, you know, that they were essentially going to make Uber bleed. Like about right. two years back at his wow, size. Okay. Yeah. So why, um, why do you think Uber's actually you know, wanted to sell off the Southeast Asian... So this is actually... That's an interesting question actually. So it's like this is like their third exit from a market. So previously they exited from China where they sold it off to DD Shushing. And then of course they sold off their Russian operations to another operator there. So mm-hmm. this is their third exit from a market. So right. apparently, according to the new CEO, Dara, he was like, this is like to consolidate their operations, you know, and because his goal has been to make the company, you know, turn it around, essentially. Remove right. the toxic culture, make it, you know, viable for an IPO soon. Right, okay. So, so that's what yeah, but 
I would also say, I mean, the, with this, the biggest winner isn't really Uber or Grab. SoftBank. SoftBank. Haven't you, you, you haven't heard of SoftBank? Not particularly. Okay, so, yeah, so it, that's the scariest thing to me about this whole sale. So it's like SoftBank is uh, an internet provider in Japan, essentially, and they've been mm-hmm. making waves for doing crazy amounts in investment particularly by their CEO, Masayoshi-san. Right, so, okay. I mean, if you want to know how crazy of an investor he is, like, he's one of the most influential figures in tech today, honestly. Like, he's got connections to Apple, Uber, and even the Saudi royal family. Like, if you want, like, he once met with the prince of the Saudi royal family, Mohammed bin Salman. Yeah. And they met for 45 minutes. Okay. But at the end of that 45 minutes, Masayoshi walked away with $45 billion from the Saudi government to invest into startups. No kidding. <laughs> he literally described, Masayoshi actually described it as $1 billion per minute. Wow. <laughs> That's insane. That's $1 insane, billion dollars for a minute. That's yeah. insane. And man. he's been investing it in tech startups all over, like robotics to farming, and then most interestingly, ride sharing. So it's like he's an in okay. yeah. So he's an investor in both Uber, Grab, and even China's Uber, Didi Shushin. Right. Okay. I think I know where this is. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, so you have these three guys who he's invested in. So and Uber's you know pulled out. So yeah. I mean he's now thing with Masayoshi san is he's not exactly a board member on any of these startups. Okay. Like he doesn't have direct control. He can't tell them, okay, pull out from here, you pull out from here, you pull out from here. Mm-hmm. But he's he's a guy, you know, when he talks, you listen. Because even if you take two of these startups, Grab and Didi Shushing from China, initially the founders, like especially Didi Shushing, was reluctant to take that money. But okay. like you saw, I mean, $45 billion from the Saudi royal family and, and that's from his own, all the other sources, he has a lot of money. He can. He has to invest. Yeah. So, with that powerful checkbook, everybody listens. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it's like you have him investing in Uber, Grab, and Didi Shushing. But then the scary part comes when you look at where Didi Shushing has invested as well. So it's like they've invested in the European ride-sharing platform called Taxify, and interestingly, right. even Uber's competitor in the US, Lyft. So. <laughs> Like, Wait, how, what? Yeah. So it's like that. You so it's like, I don't know, whatever happens, SoftBank. SoftBank is the clear winner here. I mean, so with. Oh, shoot. So it's like, I don't know, like, when you think about it, I mean, who benefits the most here? I mean, it allows, <laughs> like, SoftBank clearly, you know, wants all of its companies to succeed in their markets. Exactly. So, you know, they don't want them to be competing with each other. So yes. those exits, I mean, the biggest winner <laughs> seems to be them. <laughs> It's it's terrifying. And also, they're one of they're one of if not the largest. They're the actual largest player in the ride sharing space as well. Yeah, in a way, yes. Yeah, they're the biggest player. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I doubt anything will top that. Yeah. So, you don't think actually none of this will actually make any real difference here in terms of. Uber operations in Sri Lanka? Well, not directly. I mean, I think Uber has bigger problems here. I mean, from one side, you have Pick Me. 
Then you also yeah. you have all the other guys popping up. I mean, you have Taxia, you have Tripmo, and so many other platforms coming up. I mean, they're all competing with each other essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think Uber has bigger problems. I mean, to be honest, it's not like Uber has scaled out outside of Colombo ever since it's really launched. I mean, yeah. Why the why isn't that actually? No, cool. I mean, recently, of course, only they launched their service to Gaul. Like they have an express service to Gaul. They do? Yeah, they do. Like if you check the app, like you'll find like you know they actually will take you like to go. Yeah, that's actually that's actually very interesting. Now, uh, talking about uh, the taxi hailing scene here in Sri Lanka, a place like Uber and yeah, obviously Pick Me. Uh, Pick Me, of course, we've seen them exp- expand to a yeah, few I mean, areas. Yeah, I mean they're in Candy and then a few other areas yeah, outside. Four, of, four areas, yeah. if I remember right. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so Uber is actually now in Gaul as well. But it's just an express service. I don't think they do direct, you know. Alright, so it's just the express place. Yeah, so technically, Colombo then. Yeah, pretty much. From Colombo to Gaul. So, why do you think, you know, these guys actually, uh, you know, how do you say, the process has been so slow to, you know, expand per se? Well, I'm honestly not sure of that. Like, I mean, what, what do you think? I mean, for one thing, of course, I mean, like I said, I mean, you see a lot of competition, but is it really? But then again, going going out of Colombo would wouldn't that solve a lot of the issues? Would it though? I mean, if you think about it, I mean, all of them like they need to make margins, and like right now, of course, I think you recall like you know, even though whenever they introduce a new service, I mean, you remember the protest, right? They're already cutting yeah. out the drivers. Like yes, yeah. So yes. I mean, that means like if. But they, then again, that. I would say that was a different issue, wasn't it, Mas? Because um, that actually, that actually wasn't particularly the type of service per se. But that issue came about with regards to how the drivers being compensated for. Their True, but I think that's. I mean, yeah, but when you think about it, I mean, you take all these platforms. I mean, just take the drivers away for a day for a moment. I mean, okay. we've gone through this actually. Do you recall the bus strike last year? Yes, yes. I you remember know. that, yeah. So yes. like that one day when all the buses said, you know, we are going on strike, yes. the truck the truck drivers joined them, and so did the cabs as well. So, like, oh yes, yeah. That's when I bought my cycle. Yeah, exactly. You bought a cycle that day, like, and then for the rest of us, like, I mean, I was trying to hail a pick me all day, and none of them actually decided to take the cab. Like, I once got a roadside took. He was a pick me, and the guy actually the moment he saw me, he just called the hire that was confirmed by Bikmi and said, you know, he got flat tire when that clearly wasn't true. Like, <laughs> they were trying to take advantage that much and when you take Uber, that surge pricing like crazy. Like the time we needed it most, like there was hardly any demand. Like I mean there was hardly any supply. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean yeah, I mean sure it's definitely a different type of service, but and then like may I would see it see it, I mean Uber, of course, the, it would help probably to have more service outside Colombo. But yeah. obviously, you need drivers as well. And I'm not sure if anybody wants to drive Uber. I mean, you recall that like, during the protest, like, you know, mm-hmm. like there were people who were still against it. Yeah. Of course, yeah, Uber yeah. does say it's a minority, but is it? Yeah. I guess that's an issue you would come about in pretty much any market, I guess. Yeah. Not just Sri Lanka, I think. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, okay, so that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah, we do have one more story to tell you. Um, now, 
A few of us actually uh, went to Candy last week. Uh, no, we weren't taking a holiday. Uh, Are you sure we weren't? No, we weren't. We don't usually get All holidays. Right, we don't take holidays. We don't. Yeah, we don't we take, take holidays. Wait. No, no, we don't. We don't take one for hours also, right? Not, we don't. Not really. Not really. We never get hot, even on poor days. We yeah, everybody's always checking the site. Yes. Anyways, uh, so we went to Candy and we met up with a, uh, a little team of uh, seven people. Yeah. Um, they're actually developing a PC game. Uh, P- this PC game is actually for the TV series Kumbu. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> So, for those of you who don't know what Kum, I say it's it out. I doubt there's anybody in this country that doesn't know what Kumbio is, man. Exactly. I doubt it. Even the Maldivian knows. <laughs> exactly. So, these guys are actually making, it's pretty cool stuff, you know. They're actually making a PC game for Kumbio and uh, they did, uh, They I think if I remember right, they started this project back in January and uh, they did actually release a few trailers, uh, I think a few weeks back. Uh, yeah, few weeks back. Um, now seeing the seeing the trailers, actually, you know, it looked it looked like pretty much they were taking uh, taking inspiration from the GTA how it works. And, Wait, and it's an open world game. Yes, it is actually an open world. Oh shit! Okay, that's like based in Colombo. Yes, it is based in Colombo, but um, they're not gonna. It's not like they're gonna do the entire Colombo map accurately. Okay. Especially if that's they're gonna do that that's, gonna take, amb- that's ambitious yeah. and ambitious and it will take years and years for them to just to develop the just, just remember yeah I mean that reminds me like remember how long Street View took to map, map it all yes exactly so yeah. that's Street View that's being Google so yeah, yeah. so so what what they're doing is they're you know make, making sure all the you know important elements are included okay. you know, both in terms of the map as well as you know, from a story perspective um, so I so we actually did uh, visit the team and they're almost done with the whole project uh, and they told me one thing that well they started in January and they're almost done we yes they are that's they're, fast I know pretty fast you know, a PC game in 3-4 months yeah exactly yeah. but they were a bit cautious on you know like the team actually wanted to you know, they're keen on releasing this uh, pretty soon but the uh, with the final few touches, they are a bit doubtful on whether they can put it out as soon as they want to do. Okay. But they want to make you know make sure you know they put it out you know properly. Anyways, so uh, these guys are actually building this game for two versions. Okay. Uh, one for PC. High no, both are for PC. Okay. Uh, one is for high end PCs and one is for low end PCs because they want because. Okay. After the trailers were put out, you know, one thing that apparently most you know fans were uh, very curious about is whether they'll be able to play the that particular game on their PC. So they, they wanted to make sh- so these guys wanted to make sure that you know pretty much everybody gets a chance at right. playing games. Yeah, I mean that's a thing we have with the gaming games in here in Sri Lanka. I mean, not everybody has a one PC worth of one hundred k. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and yeah, they. They'll be actually putting out the game for free, apparently. Oh, okay. Wait, huh? Are they planning to make money off it? Uh, I believe so. I hope so. Yeah, I'd, I mean, I'd like to I, see a gaming studio go, 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 go global and, you know, make money in Sri Lanka. That was something. Yes, so. I believe so, yes. I'm pretty sure they have a plan in that department. Um, and Oh, yeah. And they're actually putting this game out in all three platforms, including Mac and Linux. 
Mac and Linux. Yes. Oh, okay. That's not something you hear. Finally, Enosh is a game he can play on his Mac. <laughs> I don't know Enosh. Enosh's Mac is not that old. No, I mean, he's always complaining, like, can I play this game on my Mac? Can I play this game on my Mac? So... Yes, so finally he has an answer. He has an answer. Oh yeah, they are producing, you know, two versions, low-end and high-end, so might as well most template in So yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, now, all what we've actually been uh, talking about so far, uh, we actually covered, pretty, most of these we have actually yeah, covered, right? Covered. Yeah, most of these we have recently covered. Uh, so if you want to know more about what we've talked about, you can go ahead to readme.www.readme.ok and check out the full story. So uh, that's it from myself and Mazin. So until next time. Cheers. Yes. Yes. <laughs>